This is Getting Past Subtitles. My name is Sean Peel. This is DK Lee. And welcome to week number three of our Evangelion Rebuild Tetralogy. Uh, last week was 2.22, and this week we watched Evangelion 3.33, You Cannot Redo. Um, yeah, so uh, last week, 2.22. Lots of good feedback from both of us, generally, for, for the most part, consi- yeah. considering. Um, but 3.33, I feel like, has a lot to be discussed, as we'll get into. But just to go through it, um, so 3.0 was actually released in November of 2012 in Japan. And then the following year, it was released in DVD and on video. The film premiered here in the U.S. in 2013, technically, but only through, like, a few festivals and, um, you know, like, some anime con- conventions and things like that. So not a huge re- audience release. But the film was uh, actually licensed by Funimation, and it would then be um, run through a pretty limited theatrical release as well as a DVD release. And that the initial date for that was actually in February of 2014. However, the movie was actually postponed due to like a higher demand for a wider theatrical release and not the limited one that they had planned. Um, and then that postponement was actually further postponed due to a basically dubbing and like subbing issues. So like I don't think like from its initial announcement, people didn't really hear anything until like twenty like till when it was supposed to be initially released and then Funimation came out and was like, Yeah, it's further postponed because of these dubbing issues so like basically what happens is that according to the people that saw it like initially it's not translations issues that they were fixing it was more like performance stuff so like some of the emotions and performance from the original anime wasn't really carrying over through the english dub and so funimation was working with studio kara to kind of address those issues and then another year passed in 2015 where they finally announced that it'll be coming out in 2016. And then it wasn't until that year that we finally got it in both theaters and home video. So from the initial release, it was like three to four years before the mass U.S. audience can kind of see it. That's generally the meta with the rebuild films, unfortunately. Seems like a uh, repeating thing. <laughs> cannot redo, I guess. Cannot they cannot <laughs> redo this one, though. Can't redo that one. So yeah, it definitely took quite a while. Unless you're Lee, who took in his entire life to come and finally watch it. Mm. But hey, you I mean you got the best version possible, right? Like, uh, <laughs> maybe <laughs> as good as it's gonna get, man. Um, Very loosely, best. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, um, I was going through like IMBD and. You know, there's like a frequently asked questions section yeah. on there, <laughs> and the only question on there was, "Why does everybody hate Shinji? Why is Shinji so dumb?" <laughs> <laughs> that's the real question you gotta ask. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, that's uh, that's a good, you know." Why is Shinji such a poorly written character? <laughs> Oof! Oof! You gotta love Shinji, you know. It's all great, but yeah. So, what exactly was this movie? Let me see if I can run through this really quick. So following the end of 2.0, where Shinji causes the near-third impact, but it's actually stopped by uh, Kaoru, as we see in the post credit scene. 
um, 3.0 starts off 14 years into the future, so we actually get a time skip. And it opens with Asuka and Mari on a retrieval mission to basically retrieve Shinji as well as Unit 1. And in this world, 14 years into the future, it's now a very post-apocalyptic landscape, um, mostly in part due to the third impact that happened. Um, so once Shinji is recovered, he is pretty much the same person as well as a teenage boy, <laughs> as well as Asuka, despite 14 years later. He pretty much remembers everything that happens up until the last film. And so where he's brought back to is this ship um, that's run by Misato as well as Mitsuko. And the ship is called Wonder. And Wonder is basically kind of like an Ava a bit, but it flies. It's a hybrid. Yeah, kind of. It's not like, a, but it's not like a humanoid robot. It's just a flying no, ship. No, it's a ship. Yeah, but they kind of utilize the parts of the Eva. Yeah, to they, like you know, one is like the main power source yeah. for it. So, um, but basically, Misato, uh, Misato doesn't work for Nerve anymore. She it's actually quite the opposite. She works for an organization called Willy, and Willy is against Nerve, so they're trying to stop them and their human instrumentality project, whatever that may be. Um. So, Nerve is still run by Gendo, by the way. Um, so, pretty much if you recall from the last film, Shinji did all that and caused the third impact just to save Ayanami. And Ayanami ends up coming back in Unit 0. Well, it's actually Unit 9 now. But basically, she attacks Wonder and tries to recover Shinji. And ultimately, Shinji decides to join her and escape Misato. Um, Shinji, meanwhile, also has a necklace that is... Basically, will pop his head like a piñata if he ever pilots an Ava again. And so, moving forward, Ayanami brings him back to Nerve HQ in what remains of Tokyo 3, which is nothing. It's just one big asshole now. Um, and he meets his father, and his father basically tells him exactly what you saw from the first movie. <laughs> Getting this robot. <laughs> and so, he wants him to pilot Unit 13 now when, like, the time is right kind of thing. And the Shinji also finally meets Kaoru um, in this meeting. And so while he's there, he tries to, you know, rehash with Ayanami, who ends up not remembering anything that happened prior to pretty much anything that happened in 14 years in the past. So Shinji kind of gets confused by this. And then when he meets Kaoru, there's this relationship that starts building off of them too. And Shinji confides in Kaoru with all of his, like, confusion and Pretty much all the pressure that he's facing since coming back to life, I guess. And Kaoru, basically like the rest of the movie is that Kaoru offers him up a plan to undo everything that happened with the third impact. And doing this by going to Lilith's Corp and removing both the spears of Longinus and Cassius uh, that are required to do this. And so when we they get there, something isn't really right. And that they're not the spears that they're looking for, and they're like two of the same. Um, but Shinji's like pretty much blinded by his own motivation and does it anyway, despite uh, Kaoru's um, being against it. And so this is like dueled by conflicts between Asuka and Misaru, who are there trying to stop him. And basically, he causes the fourth impact, taking these spears. Good old Shinji, you know, world ender. Dumber. <laughs> world ender Shinji. And he got dumber <laughs> <laughs> after coming back alive. So everybody tries to stop him, but Kaoru is the one who ends up sacrificing himself 
to stop the fourth impact, which he does. And the movie ends with uh, Asuka and Ainami. And Asuka basically takes Shinji off of his, out of his capsule and they kind of walk off into the red Distance. desert. And that is, uh, that is where we leave off with 3.0. Um, yeah, so this movie is generally regarded probably the most controversial of all the films, like review-wise. Um, so Rotten Tomatoes actually has a 62%. And I think the overall consensus of the film is that the story's not good, but the art is amazing, <laughs> pretty much, you know? Um, and that's kind of like where the movie sits. And it's funny because like, I, I got a second thought about it. And I was like, it's kind of like how all the movies are <laughs> in a, like, a very surface yeah. level. You know, the story is eh, but the art is great and the animation is amazing. But very particularly, I think, with this movie, considering like. It's worse than the others. <laughs> <laughs> like, Out of the three that we watched. Yeah. Considering like not only the past two films, but also considering just Evangelion as a series as a whole, mm. and especially to like both fans. I think newcomers like yourself and then veterans of Evangelion both had the same like that feeling of like, huh, I'm not sure I like where the story went. Yeah. But the animation's great. <laughs> so and it also has a new aspect ratio as well, so it's very it's more like filmic. Yeah. You know? But did they kind of justify that? Eh. What do you think? What was your thoughts with this film? Ooh, uh, this one is uh, was a hard one to get through, I think. <laughs> I think one of the big problems for um, this film is the nature of... Just the repetitive nature of the films. Like, you know, mm. first film, second film, third film, it's all about trying to stop uh, the impact, right? And after the third film, you're like, okay, let's can we like move the plot along a little more? Like, can we like finally figure out what's going on with sure. the conspiracy stuff and yeah, but with Gendo and with the uh, with Yui or whatever and all of that. But even in this film, like they they touch on it, but you really never get a real good grasp of all of those things, and you're left with basically the same thing that happens every every time. It's just oh, we survived the impact again. And (laughs) that's how it ends, like, every single time. And really, like, as a series, that's not really engaging for the audience because it's the same thing over and over again. And it's kind of ironic because this one's like, oh, the title of the the film is You Cannot Redo. And you're like, you're basically redoing (laughs) everything every single time. That's exactly what you did. So I don't know. It's it's a very weird thing um, about this series, especially where it's basically the same thing over and over again, just uh, rehashing almost um, and just calling it, you know, second, third, fourth impact. And, and that's basically it. But there's no real like uh, rhyme or reason as to why we should care about these impacts uh, having to occur or like the reason why Kendo wants, you know, Shinji and... Uh, Kaoru to you know pilot the you know Avas and to achieve whatever the human instrumental project or whatever like right. I we keep hearing these words and we keep expecting something to happen with these things mm-hmm. but we are cons- constantly just given the same thing over and over again and you're just kind of waiting for some kind of big climax that never happens really right. and I think that's the problem for these <laughs> films. <laughs> Since it's the last film, uh, next one is our last film. 
maybe we'll finally <laughs> get some answers. But um, yeah, so far, and it's, and I think it hits even harder like this fact because it's the third film, and like we've already gone through it twice. Sure. Like second time, you're like, okay, like let's see where this is gonna go. Uh, but the third time, you're like. Your third time supposed to be the charm, you know, <laughs> and I, I don't think this really does it. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's like when I watch this movie. I mean, so when I went back and watched it, this, this is probably like the third or fourth time I seen it that I ran through it, and it's really like, like I said, it really is exactly what you saw, but sort of in a new like coat of paint kind of thing. Like same thing with how like. You had Star Wars: A New Hope, and then you had um, uh, Episode Seven, right? Which are just the same things, just different, like people, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And that's kind of that's that's how I see like 1.0 and then 3.0. It's they're essentially kind of the same film, and like it's kind of like one point, like one and two, but minus everything good about what was those movies, and you put everything that I didn't like, and you put in yeah. 3.0, because because it's. Like what made two point two two great was character development, like all the way, like introduction of Asuka, and then this, you know, building a relationship between uh, the three characters, all of them, yeah, and even like even um, the two friends, like you know, they had a lot of screen time, and there was you finally were like able to care about them enough to when things shit hit the fan, you cared about sort of the climax, yeah, and versus like in one point like that wasn't there so it's like why should we care about shinji or yeah. ayanami when their lives are at stake and i get the f- same feeling contributes to here and you know shinji like here and in 1.0 is kind of the same they're both like depressed and and mopey he or, basically just reverted back to like right his <laughs> step zero <laughs> like he went two steps back yeah. and not one step forward like instead of being like straight up depressed and kind of well, he's still pretty alone, but not by choice per se. Um, it's more mixed with him just being confused and walking around, like trying to figure it out. Yeah. And then his world is like collapsing around him. And all we're watching is just Shinji like aimlessly going from like person to person, you know? Yeah. And there's no real like motivation or not even for like the viewer, like, why are we even watching this? You yeah. know, like, what are we leading towards at the end of the day? And that's the same feeling they have from 1.0. But then mixed with the climax of 2.0 with, like, another impact kind of ending. And it's like, oh, this crazy world-ending climax is about to happen. But then you're kind of reflecting, like, how did we even get here? Yeah. You know, 3.0. Once you get to that point. Because, like, why does it even, like, happen that way? (laughs) Right. Like, what was the, you know, catalyst for that? Or, like, Uh what what are the, like prerequisites to create <laughs> an, an impact you right, know like right. it's always different and it's always some weird uh-huh. thing that like you can't even like calculate you know you can't <laughs> even like premeditate like uh-huh. oh this is how it might happen like it's just like you pull out these spheres now there's gonna be an impact right the other time it was like this guy awakened like shinji was awakened right. with these emotions and that's the why there was a third impact the first time it was a completely different reason for the, mm. you know, impact. So it's, like, always, like, it's just, there's no, like, logic there for a person to just, like, figure out, oh, no, it's going to happen now, like, right? Right, right. Like, you, if there's some kind of, like, understanding, like, a, a sense of logic there that a, a person can, 
like intuitively like figure out then there will be a feeling of suspense there but since there's none of that like you're just like watching it and you're like okay i guess it's like shinji fucks up somehow and then that's the prerequisite (laughs) right (laughs) just shinji (laughs) screws up (laughs) just shinji makes one little mistake and then it turns into this whole fiasco Yeah, it, like yeah, like I said, there's no catalyst to kind of because it's different both times, and then yeah, it, it it always feels like for me it's like a left swing. It's like how do we just get here from like the previous scene of yeah. like was totally different, you know what I mean? And so like you know, last was saving Ayanami, and he was pulling out the spears, and then this, and it just goes into like some crazy jargon. And then yeah, like even even the spears part, like he right. Kaoru is explaining it right, and he's saying like, oh, there's two different spears, but they're like a match, yeah. and you have to pull out these two spears. And then he starts talking about how the spears are the same. <laughs> and then and then he's like, something's wrong. Like the spears are wrong. Like, right. and there's never an explanation there. There was never explanation before about mm. these spears. Like, there's nothing there, and they just like. Out of nowhere, they're just like, "Oh, you gotta pull these out now to save the world. You can <laughs> rebuild the world or whatever." And, right. And you're like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's like the other problem too is that even for both cases, when the impact is happening, they don't explain like why it happened or what is happening in the moment yeah. until like in the moment. Yeah. You know, so there's no previous exposition to be like, "Oh, if you Prepare do yourself, this, yeah. the impact is gonna happen." Exactly. It's just like. Shinji does something, and then the cast around him is like, "Oh my god, he did that! Now this is happening, and that's gonna cause this." And then, impact now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's like, it's like, wow, like, it's you happening. Give you give me know? a heads up about like how like nah. the, these things are gonna happen, you know, like right. So yeah, it's it's like, and that just, it's not suspense. It's it's just confusion at that yeah. point. You know, once it's going on, you're like soaking it up like this huge action battle like explosion mecha scene. Yeah. And so, yeah, and I mean, the same thing happens for 3.0. And, I like, it's even more confusing because of the fact that it kind of supposed to tie into, like you said, like, the whole conspiracy, like, the overarching kind of plot or, like, the lore of it, right? Yeah. And like I said, there's no explanation of what the spears are until Kaori's like, you got to go get the spears and then undo the world. And she's like, that sounds amazing. Let's do that. <laughs> and then they go into, like... They literally go into this cavern, like, place that you don't even know where it is. Yeah. And then there's, like, oh, that's Lilith's corpse. And then he's explaining it in the moment again. And it's funny because, like, I'm watching that. And I'm like, well, the last time we saw Lilith was, like, in the basement of 1.0. Yeah. And then to bring her back into, A, like, an entirely new shape. Like, she looks like Ayanami. Yeah. And then just, like, the scene as a whole, it's, like, there's two spears through her like how did that happen yeah like why is it even there in the first right. place like and then there's like unit six who is like also impaled but like stoned and you're also wondering well how did that happen like there's all this no background right. story about any of that there's all this like setting and objects and place that you know very poignantly have a story behind it like something had had to happen for it to be like that yeah but we have no idea what that is and yeah. we're just, you're just going in it, you know? And they're just like, oh, yeah, this is this and this is that. And then they expect us to care about what that is, you know? Right, right. And it's like, I, yeah, it's like we're, we're following kind of Shinji's perspective of, you know, we're going into a fresh, like, not even Shinji knows what's going on. But it doesn't help 
because Shinji's just blinded by like I gotta undo the world. Shinji's stupid. Though. Shinji, <laughs> you know, I don't want to. I don't care about the consequences. <laughs> and he go, and what always gets me is like watching that scene, and you put all this trust in Kaoru, right? And then like, he told boy. you not to do it, <laughs> and you still do and it, and you still go against his will. Like, like why? <laughs> Like what? What is the thought process there? Like you're you're like oh yeah like I don't have anyone I can't trust anyone now and you're like the only one I can kind of trust right and he's like okay yeah let's go pull out the spirit so you guys go together and he's like wait something's wrong and then your first instinct is to go like wait I still have to pull out those spears <laughs> because I want to save the world he's like what do you mean but this is the reason why we're here he's like, he literally said there's something wrong with the spears. There might be something going on. And your first instinct... <laughs> like, you take the guy who knows what's going on, and then you doubt him. Right. Like, you At have no end, idea. When you said that you trust him. Right. Like, Shinji knows nothing. And Kaoru clear, like, clearly knows... Something. Right. Whether it's good or bad. Yeah. But then you choose to ignore... What he said. <laughs> <laughs> like, it doesn't... It really doesn't and then, make sense. And then when he gets his head blown off, you get sad because of that. <laughs> when clearly you shouldn't have done the thing that you just did. And he probably wouldn't have <laughs> his head blown off. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Shinji, come on, man. <laughs> Don't get in a relationship with Shinji. No. It's not going to end well for you at all. No. None of the characters that met Shinji had a good time. Not a single one make it. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's rough. It's and and like even the character development, like I think the biggest character development that they tried to do with, was with Kaoru and Shinji. Right. And even that, I really didn't care for. Like to sure. be honest, like like Kaoru, you don't even know who he is exactly. enough to really care about why like he's even talking to Shinji. Exactly. And there's like, and for like half of the movie, I I thought like Kaoru might be like one of the bad dudes. Like I thought he was like. <laughs> Like a double agent or something, trying uh, to like be nice to Shinji and kind of like get him, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And so like, there's some some of that going on in my mind, and so like the whole time, like this the development between them was kind of weird, and then like at the end, like obviously when the spear stuff happened, I'm like, I don't even feel, I don't even know what to feel <laughs> like when <laughs> when Shinji like starts like feeling you know bad because right. you know Kaoru starts. Blowing that off <laughs> willingly, mind you. That that was also like a weird part too, where he just like takes off the choker off uh, of Shinji and just puts it on himself. Yeah. Why did he have to do that? Like, why didn't he just take it off and throw it out? Like, what? <laughs> he wants to um, earn his trust, I guess. Like so many things like that, it just doesn't add up for me. Yeah. In this movie. Well, like, because I mean, outside of them. There is no character development in the movie at all, at all, like yeah. zip to none. Like even the the little bits of like the Ray stuff, right? W- where you kind of realize that she's just a replicant or whatever, right? Right. It's like who cares? Like I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the part where like you know he's trying to like give her like library books. Uh-huh. Like who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Move on, damn it. Yeah. Yeah, like he's he's trying to get closer to. Her. Well, because like nothing comes out of that, like it's not, yeah, like it just there's literally nothing there, and so like it really isn't like all of that. Everything that happens, even Kaoru and Shinji, like 
that development. It's just for plot. Yeah. Like it's it's really all to move towards like Something. what <laughs> what ends up happening, even though it wasn't great. You yeah. know what I mean? So that's like again sort of a, a big drawback and similar to kind of my feelings for the first film. But yeah, but even I mean, how was the reveal for like Ayan Hami being a clone? Which which technically what happened in the last film? Obviously, I suspected it, right? Because it's not kind of it's not hard to deduce, you know. Sure. Literally, uh, well, I guess the twist was that technically she's a clone of his mom. Yeah, but like you kind of figure that out when they juxtapose literally Ray and Yui uh, at the same time at the dinner like, table. It's kind of <laughs> like, yeah, okay, I see, kind of <laughs> see that. But uh, I think I think there was like I get it. Like, I understand that is what it is, but, like, there's really no impact there. Like, I really sure. don't care about you either. Mm-hmm. Like, the mother. Like, <laughs> who cares if, if she's a replicant of the mother? Like, uh, I don't care about the mother. I don't even know about the mother. Like, I don't right, even know who she right. is. Like, I don't, I don't even know, like, if Gendo even likes the mother. <laughs> like, you know, like, there's no real reason for me to feel like that's a big sure. reveal. I, it is a reveal, I understand, but right. like, oh, okay, it's like so, why? <laughs> like, is there like is there some kind of implication that mm. that makes like does that does Ray being Yui's you know replica does that have some kind of implication within the whole story? Like, <laughs> it hasn't. They haven't told me anything yet, so I don't know. <laughs> it's like to be found, yeah, right. To be continued, like, kind of like I guess. In hindsight, it's supposed to like have an implication on just like the relationship, Shinji's of, like, relationship, right? Because right. he's you know has this huge endeavor for Ayanami, yeah, and then just that gets flopped on its head, like, oh, that's my mom, kind of thing, you know? Like it's yeah, but, it's but like, it's, okay, so <laughs> but still, the execution, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the execution is pretty bad, yeah, yeah, and so. Like, I mean, because after that, right, he goes into, like, a state of madness. Yeah, I mean, dude, just, like, great. Whatever. Like, you've been giving books to your mom the whole, the whole <laughs> movie. <laughs> big whoop. <laughs> like, big deal. Big whoop. Nothing to get your... Uh, uh, yeah. And then um, there was, like, that, and then also at the same time, so, like, she, Yui was basically the reason why Ava's are a thing. So, yeah. like, so she's part of Unit 1. Kind of yeah, but I don't think that was explained very well. Yeah, it kind of goes. So it's just kind of bit. like it was hard to kind of understand. Mm. Based, like I'm trying to figure because out you don't even it. know like what Eva's really are like. Sure. Like as a whole, like like what they are, or, like how they are brought right. up or whatever. Uh-huh. And so, like, okay, sure, like Yui is like um, that's how like they started, but mm. like. What does that even mean? Like, what is what's the implication of that? You know, yeah. like well, they're Avas are kind of the same as like angels, mm-hmm. right? So they're yeah. not. I mean, they're not robots right. per se. They're actually like kind of yeah. beings, yeah. right? That are controlled, and so they have cores. Yeah, and so that's the pilots pilot through the core, and so inside the unit one's core is Yui. So yeah. like she's the reason why sort of like unit one was like kind of started or whatever, and so she's. She lives inside Unit One, like mm. as the core, and then because of that, like she doesn't have a body anymore. Now she's just like a soul living in yeah in the in the core, and so then they use I guess her data or like imprint as they say to make clones 
yeah. to pilot other Avas, essentially. So that's why they have like Unit Zero as like the prototype, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. So it's kind of an implication to the lore again of sort of like the development of Avas, but doesn't really have an impact to the story. How does like Asuka in the Mai, is it? May? Mari. Mari, Mari. How do they pilot it then? Ah, interesting questions. <laughs> <laughs> to be continued. Yeah, they should have told me that like the first movie. <laughs> <laughs> so well, that'll kind of I'll have to explain it the next one, but you'll it's there. Like mm. the implication of it is there. Um what are your thoughts of Mari on that on that point? Mari? I mean We get sufficient screen timer for yeah, this time around. You get a lot of screen time, but like there's no real like <laughs> But of what? <laughs> who cares? Like she's just <laughs> one of the pilots, like great. She's she's one of, she's the uh secondary like i'm never gonna go near Ooh. but i'm just gonna fight from afar <laughs> pilot <laughs> while asuka is the one that does everything on the ground you do that and get I'll smacked around <laughs> oh you need a battery here you go yeah you just <laughs> toss the battery here toss a gun there you shoot uh shinji a few times that's the role to be in life you know right like, yeah you don't want to be the star you want to be the guy who passes the ball. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's Mari for you. <laughs> That's Mari. Yeah, it's it's like a little disappointing because, you know, in the, in the second movie, there was same thing with Kaoru. There's a lot of, like, again, kind of um, like mystery yeah, sort of conspiracy. Like, it seems like that they were going to, like, they seem introductory to, like, a next movie or something greater role. Yeah. That they were definitely going to add something. But coming to 3.0, like, none of that. <laughs> like, yeah, she's like, there's nothing there. Really were, like, she was literally her. just an addition to yeah. the pilots. You know, like, I think on a constructive note, like, I think what would have been really cool in this movie, personally, mm. if they, like, worked on the relationship between Misato and Shinji, after the fact because we you know 14 years later and we get a little bit of you know moments between misato and shinji and like shinji asking like what happened and all that and you know misato's very like aloof and she's very like you know kind of far away from him now mm -hmm. and i think if there if the movie was about them finding some kind of reconciliation or like you know like talking and like figuring things out and like yeah understanding what happened and, and understanding what happened to Misato and why she is the way that she is now. And, like, you know, that would have been, I feel like, a much more engaging movie than, like, having this thing with Kaoru and Shinji, like, just yeah. off in some kind of thing. <laughs> because, like, you know, we already care for Misato and we already care for Shinji. Right. We already have that, like, relationship there. And, like, even even with Asuka, too. Like, if there was something there mm. between Shinji and Asuka, it, it, like, there's always these moments, you know, like, when they're fighting, right? Like, um, near the end. It's like Shinji and Asuka are, are fighting, and there's, like, fighting about the same things, but, like, both of them don't even know why they're fighting against each other in the sense that, like, they never, like, talk to each other about right. why they're doing the things that they're doing, you know? Right. Like, the movie would have been over if Misato just, like, directly told him why he <laughs> needs to not pilot. Right. <laughs> just, she's just like, no, you can't do it. You have to be locked away. Like, explain to the man yeah. why he needs to be locked up and why he needs to not pilot because he might be a threat to humanity or whatever. Like, Well, like, to the defense of the movie... 
that point is brought up, but much later with Kaudu. Like, cause he, cause he takes him down and then he yeah, kind of shows like, him the aftermath and he's but, like, I did that. Oh my God. And then he's like, well, I don't want to pilot again. But then Kaudu, Kaudu persuades him to pilot to undo all that. And so it's like flopping back. No, on, but like you know I mean? the, the difference is Misato is telling him. Right. You know what I mean? That's different. Like there, there's a level of trust there or like uh, a level of a uh, rapport, right? Sure. Between the two characters. That would have made it much more engaging. Mm. Whereas Kaoru is some dude that you just <laughs> saw at the end credits of the first, like the second movie. Yeah, yeah. Which you barely, you don't even care for this guy. Like, to be honest, this Kaoru character, you don't even care who he is. <laughs> like, there's a little bit of piano playing in the middle. Like, okay, great. He's good at playing piano. <laughs> Big whoop. Big whoop, really. Like, there's not much there where, like, you're like, he 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 can't be the one that's holding the keys to something sure, yeah. as a character. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Shinji has been there for three three movies, Asuka's been there for two movies, Misato's been there for three movies. Like these are the characters that you should be focusing on and like really building this off of. Yeah, not this <laughs> like character that you've seen for like less than twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's um like together. Like as far as like what really would have made an engaging movie is. If it just approached the questions that we cared about, right. you know, wanting answers to, yeah. But it does everything to not touch on those. Like, like if the movie was straight, like reconciliation between Shinji and Misato, Asuka, like everybody that's now in Willy, like that would been phenomenal. Well, like what? Like why is Misato even like against Nerve? Like right. they don't really even touch on that too much. Like it's just like implied things, right? Sure. And so. But and it avoids all those things as like like it would have been cool if even after hearing all of the explanations that Misato gave to Shinji, uh, Shinji still goes back to the father and they still clash. Right. That would have been such a big like bigger stakes because now like each side understands what like happened and still they're willing to go their separate ways. And sure. that tension would have made the movie f- feel a lot more interesting. Mm. Whereas here, like Misato and Shinji barely have interaction time in right. this movie. And even at the end, like, they're fighting against each other, but there's no real interaction there either. Asuka kind of has interaction with Shinji, but most of the time, she's just dealing with, you know, Ava stuff. Yeah. and that Well, they get sidebarred. Like, yeah. th- they initially fight, and then she ends up fighting Unit 9. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So it's yeah. like, like, it's like there's nothing really there that really captures the uh, emotional aspect of you know the audience right yeah it's um yeah i mean what the movie is it's it's this whole new thing and then you know 14 years ahead and there's this big gap and we know nothing of what happened or why and all the characters are changed now like misato asuka everybody's like fundamentally is a different person yeah except for well shinji I mean, even I and Ami is different, as we find out, yep. such and so forth. And the movie avoids why that is. All of that. All of why that is. All of what happened between the 14 years. Yeah. And it just gives us Shinji that we knew, who we don't even like <laughs> for the most part, and then a brand new character named Kaoru, and it's about them, like, for the most part. Yeah. And and then, like I said, everybody's, like, butting heads with each other without having an understanding of even what each other's motivations are. Yeah. And so it's like, what? 
Like, it just, we don't care it's about like, anything. Would it kill you to just speak plainly for like 10 <laughs> seconds to each other about what's going on, you know? It would. I would rather blow up your head. It's like, uh, <laughs> Toji's sister is the only one that's kind of like supportive a little bit. Yeah, she's just, <laughs> she's the only one that's like, hey, don't pilot the Ava. Like, straight yeah. up, just don't do it because you're. <laughs> I gonna, don't care what you do, but don't get in the robot. Yeah. What happened? I guess Toji and are they all dead? What happened there? No one cares. Well, <laughs> like, yeah, that's not the point of this movie. That up before, but, you know, who cares about friends? You that's know? not the point of this movie. Yeah. I mean, fundamental, I'm really interested to see why um, why Hideaki even kind of approached this movie in this way. Mm. You know, I can understand wanting to go like a completely different direction as far as like setting, like, you know, like tonally, everything is switched. Um, and I, like a fresh start kind of deal. I could understand that. But everything intricate wise, like kind of why did he choose to do that? Like fresh start as in like 14 years later? Yeah. I mean, like that's fine. That's cool. But but then every like like we said, like without having to give proper like, what's exposition. What's the point of starting like, 14 years later and having a quote unquote fresh start when this character is literally the same? <laughs> well, like Shinji's the same. Asuka's but, but basically the same. Misato's different, but she's worse now. Like she <laughs> she has no character now. Uh-huh. The uh, what's the what's the other uh, uh, Ritsuko is a hard ass. Ritsuko, yeah, Ritsuko is like, yeah, like she's even worse now. <laughs> she doesn't even have like background like uh, chemistry with that yeah. other dude. So like, the characters just got worse <laughs> all in all. Gendo's the same. Gendo's like, literally Gendo the same. Gendo and Kyutsuki, they're the same. It's the same. And so, yeah. And, well, Ayanami's... Well, she just reverted back to the first film. Essentially. Basically. Basically. Like, we wiped her mind of everything. And exactly. And she, she went back. And so, like... I mean, from what I heard... I mean, he... Because, again, like, the previews that we saw in 2.0 are nowhere to be seen in this movie, right? And so, they... Uh, somewhere along the line, he drastically changed the script mm. from that to that. And he kind of addresses as well. So, at the end of... 3.0 no, 3. plus 1.0, what we're going to see. Hideak is pretty much done with the series, like, as far as his hands goes. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he wants, like, Evangelion completely dead. Like, he's fine for the series to continue, just not by his creation. Yeah. And he acknowledges, like, there is this story here in the 14 years of what happens that could likely be something that comes out in the future. But I was just wondering why, like, he chose not to do that and then come here. <laughs> Like, you know, yeah, like, like, I really don't, you know, I really don't know. Chronological order is not bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, even thematically, again, like, you kind of have to see Evangelion as a thematic film, right? And I can, I can probably see why he wanted to do this, because it might have fit a message that you wanted to tell better. Because a, a lot of it is, like, you know, being able to acknowledge that you can't undo your past mistakes essentially like i think that's sort of the underlying theme of this film with shinji like having done the third impact and everything's like to shit like the world is basically like destroyed from what we can see and then he's kind of going through that and acknowledging it and then his world kind of breaks down he doesn't know what to do and he wants to undo it but he can't and he kind of has to go on living sort of by the end of the movie it's I mean, it doesn't really say anything because he doesn't like. It's not hopeful by the end, but 
I'll talk about this a little more with the next film because I feel that this film and the next are kind of a whole in a sense. Yeah. Um, but I kind of see like thematically why he would have chose. Like I think this. there's a delicate balance between uh, serving the theme and having a good story. Mm-hmm. Like I think having a good story comes first, and like you have to build the themes within the story for the themes to really like resonate with people. Right. But I feel like this movie, like if that is true, I feel like this movie focuses so much on how to make this theme relevant that it completely negates any of the good story elements or beats that you need <laughs> mm-hmm. to achieve a story that's cohesive and also um, grounds the theme within the story. Like yeah. it, it, it's it's so focused on like okay, so how can we make this point like you know go through the audience okay, sure. let's let's make Shinji uh, crazy now and like he has to f- you know have all this guilt and try to mm. you know undo what he did and let's just have him go like mad and right. have Kao to kind of help him like it, it's like the very like base first level things that are going on. To try to drive the story, whereas like, well, try to drive the theme. Mm. Whereas, if it's a good layered story, like you're gonna have the story, and you're just gonna you're just going through the story, and kind of the theme, like, kind of seeps in to yeah, right. whatever. And and as you're like experiencing the story, you're also experiencing like what the story means and yeah. and the theme that un- is underlying. You right. know what I'm saying? The themes should be a layer that you pull back from the story. It shouldn't be the right, opposite. Right. It shouldn't be the th- story is what you're pulling back from the themes, the theme, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, it, it, like you can see the skeletal structure basically in mm. this movie. It's like it's a prime example of. I mean, like you said, you, you really should put story in the forefront, and then theme kind of seeps into it, and right. it's a layer behind it. But this is a prime example of doing the opposite, and it's not something that you should do. Like it's. Well, it doesn't make for like a engaging story. Right. It kind of feels like a a propaganda thing. Like right, not right. not necessarily propaganda, but like it kind of feels like a preachy thing where it's sure, like sure, sure. yeah, like I'm I want to tell you about this message that I have for mm. you. So like let me just tell you about this message <laughs> by telling about this guy who feels yeah. this way and he can't, you know, get over himself anymore. You yeah, know, like yeah. it feels very like too direct uh-huh. whereas a story feels like something it's kind of like Inception. Mm. You can't have the person thinking that this came from somebody else. It has to feel like it came from me. Like right. this, these emotions, these thoughts, these understandings of the theme. Mm. Like it has to feel like it came from me for it to become like like real for me. Right. Whereas like if it feels like it came from outside where somebody's telling me the message, <laughs> it's like, like I don't really care about them. I get very defensive, you know? Like it's okay, like I don't yeah, want to... Yeah. I don't want like I don't why, care about why your do opinion, I have bro. to yeah like why do I have to agree with your message like right, right. you get defensive whereas yeah. like if it's a good story you're like wow like I totally understand how the, this you know guy feels or like this character feels like I totally get it right 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 and it, it, that, it's that difference here yeah it's kind of like when we talk about like if you hear a lot about you know scripts and stories it's like you want to be able to relate you know like yeah, relate is yeah. a big word that we have like between the characters and the story and that's kind of where you see say for the same of like themes you kind of want to like to relate to it and that's how you kind of draw from it and right. really pull and it feels like it. yours right yeah. and i mean like all is like i mean hideaki clearly like that's uh reoccurring with all three films it does feel very him 
And that's what very like this is my feelings, right. my opinions. Right. You know what I want to say to you, mm-hmm. and it's hard to pull something from yourself in it, right. unless you're like, you know, unless you really kind of share a lot with him. Mm. I get the same feelings from like, as well as um, Kojima as well, because mm. he's very much like that too. And I don't think that's why everybody kind of vibes with it yeah. him too much, but which is okay. But talking into a story like we said. Just fundamentally, you shouldn't sacrifice one for the other. Like, you really shouldn't sacrifice your story to, like, really drive home your themes, essentially. I mean, you can make both work, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like if you make the good, If you make the good story, then the, the themes can really just fall in place. Mm. You know, it, it's only when you do it the opposite way, it really is hard to delineate the two. Because he, like, does that, and then a lot of, like, there's a lot of, you know, inspiration to draw from, like, Christianity, like, Judaism in yeah. the film. And, like, even in this movie... I like saw it like so clear and it's hard to like look away from like Kaoru being this Jesus character. Uh-huh. <laughs> like just from like beat to beat, it's like yeah. okay, you take the collar, like you're taking his sins and then like you know everything about like the world and Shinji's just like this guy. It's like a clear like Christ story that yeah. I'm that I the lens that I see this in. And I'm like well, this feels like an allegory rather than its own thing. Yeah. A lot of the times, you know? But like a bad allegory. <laughs> but right, because like <laughs> This is a third. This is like a third sequel yeah. rather than like an independent film, you know. Yeah. So it's like you're sacrificing, like you're just throwing away everything I saw two movies ago. Yeah. To do some like weird. It, yeah, that's the thing. Like, we've already been invested for three movies, and there's no real good connection between mm. the other two into the third. Right. So it it's like it's jarring as an audience to just like flip the switch and turn a different gear into, you know, right. like into this other thing where like the characters are kind of similar, but like they're different though. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're not like the same characters anymore. Mm-hmm. It kind of feels like, and like Shinji feels like he just reverted back to, you know, and, and also uh, Ray also feels like that. Yeah. Misato just feels like a different character. Like Risuko, Asuka is kind of a similar, like she's like the only one that kind of retains a little bit of her like, mm. You know, sp- I get spunkiness, but like, even like Mai is like, who cares? <laughs> uh, Mari, Mari, Mai. Who cares? She's the same, Mari? but but like, like to yeah, what? Like, yeah, she's the same, but like, how much? Like, how how much screen time do we really have of her? Anyways, right. she doesn't. And Gendo anything. is like the same, but intentional. Barely yeah. talks in the movie. <laughs> Whenever he talks, it's all fluff. Like, it's <laughs> all like this like jargon that right. you just don't understand. Right. Like, you have no idea what this guy's planning. Uh, you never get a glimpse or idea of what he might be doing. Mm. And so, like, you just don't care about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, to that point, do you think that you could have watched 3.0 without having seen one or two and kind of have, like, oh, this is sort of like the beginning of the movie kind of feel? Like, you could have. Yeah. Right? Probably, but I don't think it would have been a good feeling. I sure. Think, I wouldn't sure. have, like, liked the movie. <laughs> it would have still been bad. I, I would have been, I think. One did a better job of being less complicated or like less confusing sure. than three. Right. Like if I had started watching the movie from three, I would have been like, what is going on? Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like one at least they kinda tried to do the like relationship stuff and like kind of make it more grounded in that sense and kind of yeah. bring that in to the fold to create the story. So right. you have a more of a foothold. But this one is just like, <laughs> hey, let's just throw that all away and just figure Boop. out what we want to do with, you know, themes yeah. or whatever. 
So 3.0 is um, just drawing comparisons to this in the original series. It's kind of a mix of well, it's it's brand new from anything that we've seen. Yeah. So one and two are pretty much more like the original series, mm. and then 3.0 diverges quite a bit. So the like after the near third pack, like the world doesn't end up like how it is. Is um the fourteen year thing like a movie thing? That's a movie thing. Yeah. Um. I have to really go back and watch End of Evangelion, which is another movie that changes the ending from the original, mm-hmm. which is a little more like plot ish. Like, because again, twenty five and twenty six were like, yeah, were just like character analysis, very like abstract stuff. Exactly, like it had nothing to do with the story itself. Mm-hmm. So, End of Evangelion did that. Like, it actually added an ending to the story. Yeah. So I I, I watched it like a long time ago. I have to go back and rewatch it and see. But the fourteen year thing is brand new. The whole setting of it is new. Like Willy Wonder, all those are new aspects. The characters, how they change, all new, all fresh. So like the first half of the film where Shinji is on Wonder, like all that's like fresh and new stuff. Like all that's like, okay, kind of like being introduced to this, kind of getting the jive for it. And then once he goes to Nerve and you see Kaudu, because Kaudu is actually part of the original series. He doesn't get introduced to like later around 20 like 24 is like the last episode where like we're in Ava land you can say yeah and that episode is all about um so kind of the same so Kaudu um befriend Shinji they get kind of close and then he leads them on to like some other greater plan to take these spears but you and it's kind of explained it's not explained it's said Kaudu is an angel. He's a 13th angel. Uh-huh. And that's more, that's like the core of like the twist for episode 24. It's like he gets close with um, Shinji, who kind of introduces him, and he gets really close with him. And then by the end, um, Kaudu's role is to actually go to Adam in the basement, who turns out to be Lilith. And that's the twist. So here it's like, the spears of the twist that they're not longest and Cassie's, but two identical of like, I don't know. There, the twist is like, I'm gonna go meet Adam, but then he looks at the, he looks at the angel and it's Lilith, and he goes, "Wait, what happened?" He's like confused, mm. and Shinji ends up killing Kaoru because he's an angel, mm. and he there's like it's kind of like the same thing with Asuka where he's like, "I just killed my friend, oh my uh, god!" Like that kind of deal, uh-huh. but with Kaoru, um, and so. That episode seeps into this film a little bit, like yeah, yeah, yeah. bones wise, like structurally, it's kind of the same. Yeah. Like once he's introduced Kaudu, because then it's all about them. He's like, they get close, they befriend each other. There's like, he confines in him, and then he persuades them to. It's not even persuade. It's like the double agent thing, like yeah, you said, yeah. where he's working. Kaudu's working with Nerve, but he's really there to help Shinji. Mm. You know, like he cares for Shinji, and then. What he wants to do, like undo the world, is really for Shinji's sake, yeah. right? And then they do that, but then the twist, the plot, like the plan changes last second, and then shades the fan, sort of thing. So that the bones of it are the same, but like in a brand new setting. Yeah. But again, like it just, it's like you're mixing, like it doesn't really add up. You yeah, know? yeah. Like, okay, I kind of see, like you know, you want to draw a through line from the original series to this. But like it's not working per se. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's not. Two hours is just not enough. I feel like for what yeah. he really wants to 
express yeah. and just the level of stuff mm-hmm. that he trying to like pour into the movie and yeah. just not able to fit everything in it. Like <laughs> there's so many different aspects that you can approach this. And I think what he's trying to do is like, let me approach it from all the aspects, <laughs> not just like one or two or three. Let me figure out how, can, how I can just throw it all in. And, and yeah. And like, like I said, once we get to the next film, finally end the series it's you'll kind of see where I, f- I draw these two movies together yeah because they've because they feel more holistic like they, there's there's clearly feels like they're one long story like episode episode versus independent films like i think one and two felt independent of themselves a little bit like they kind of broke up mm-hmm. some like one was like okay we have shinji and ayanami sort of an introduction to this world yeah and like a a little more of a concrete like plot like humans versus angels thing then 2.0 is like taking that introducing asuka and then like being more of a character film like it had its own kind of thing going for it and in this movie completely like just different in every way possible yeah and you'll kind of see with the next one it's like continuation of it a little more like it's like oh okay now we're we're kind of leading to like wrap up something mm. you know what i mean and that's why i kind of go back like like, two is great, but if, like, we didn't, like, we didn't really, like, need to, like, 2.0 to have a concise film. Because, like, the way that ends and this movie ends are basically the same. Yeah. Like, they, they even continue the same event, essentially. Yeah. And so, like, if you just, like, mixed it, it would have felt, like, jive together in a way. But it's whatever. Yeah, but 14 years is a long time. 14 years <laughs> is like, a long time, man. There's a lot that... It's missing there, you know? None of those characters look like 14 years older, by the way. Yeah. Like, even the ones that didn't, like, Asuka's the same. She didn't change because yeah. whatever an Ava curse, like, whatever yeah. the fuck that is. But, like, Misato didn't look different. No. Mitsuko just got a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> Gendo and Futsuki still look the same. Yeah. Like, 14 years is a long time. You could have done a little more sketching, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, well, at least, how, like, how old was, uh, like, Misato when before 14 years ago i don't know i mean like maybe like, like 20 right, something like either late 20s or like just hit late 30. 20s right right or even like could have just hit 30 30 you know what i mean so she's like 44 now <laughs> jeez <laughs> what do you think about that yo but like shinji is now 30 technically technically yeah isn't that weird yeah i mean so is whatever the curse thing hey they play that off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we still want to draw young characters, so we're going to have them have a curse. Easy peasy. Let's go. <laughs> I can, I know how to write that off. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry about that, Steph. That's I, not hard. I got that. <laughs> I got it. You just draw. I'll do the writing. Same characters. Same just character. draw the same characters. Same character. Oh, give Asuka an eye patch because she'll look badass that way. <laughs> That's not explained in this movie either. I'm just guessing, like, you know, after she gets eaten by the thing. Right. That's one of the wounds that she the has. The wounds. <laughs> her battle scar. <laughs> just give her an eye patch. She'll look, she'll look cooler. And Misato sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, any other points you wanted to kind of make? Any uh, wrapping? I think I had one, but I just just blanked right now. Brain farted it. Yeah. So um, where I think of that, there's a Reddit post that I found that I kind of want to skim through, make some points. Kind of like it's in line with I agree with most of what this guy was saying. Um, so I just want to go through it. 
Uh, the Reddit post called Where Did 3.33 Go Wrong? <laughs> but, so if anybody wants to look it up. Basically, it's like, where did it go wrong? Asking what went right. Uh, should it be considered as bad as some consider it? Uh, well, for starters, about half of the movie is exposition or setup with no real answers. You have the opening, a.k.a. get out of the fucking robot Shinji. Then you have Shinji trying to make nice with Rei, quote-unquote. Then the only character development in this movie, which he says is quite good, but eh. eh. Um, then we reveal, quote-unquote, we reveal what everyone already figured out halfway through 2.22. Even if you didn't see the original with Fiyutsuki, he's talking about the clone thing. Yeah, 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 the clone stuff. Then getting the fucking robot Shinji <laughs> with Gendo yeah. from Kaudu. Kaudu explains what totally happened during the near third impact. Um, seriously, we saw you impale the Cassius. What the hell? From like the post credits. Yeah. Um, then Kaudu says some cryptic shit interlaced with the fight against Willy, and then the movie ends. Exactly. <laughs> like the cryptic stuff. Like, why? Uh, this movie fails in a few regards because of this. Uh, Evangelion had very little explanation, leaving most exposition up to a few cryptic conversations where much is spoken, but not much is said. This leaves the viewer to come up with their own conclusions as to what is going on in Evangelion or what EOE, I forgot you were. Nerve? I don't know. EOE or what Sele's motivations were, which also in this movie, Sele just kind of like doles out. Yeah. Right? They like turn them off. Yeah. Like, what it's was, like, what were they from the beginning yeah. kind of thing? It's like, that oh, yeah. Like, thing. we're finally happy with uh, what happened. Yeah. So you, they you know, think. Turn you off. Yeah. I guess it's like they think the instrumentality had happened mm-hmm. once the fourth impact happens. But. I guess that's not necessarily the case as we see. Like, by the end, Gendo's like, oh, it's still according to my plan. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, these questions make sure Evangelion stays in the viewers' minds, making it one of the most memorable stories in all of history. I think it's kind of referring to the original. Yeah. Uh, 3.33 tries to repeat this, but where it falls short is that most of the questions it leaves have only one logical answer. Evangelion had questions with really ambitious, ambiguous answers that are so open-ended that they still uh, that they still are being debated to this day. 3.33 tries to be a regular movie where all your questions are answered, so any unanswered questions just become huge plot holes. But also tries to be its artsy, leave it shit up to the viewer kind of mentality. Um... 3.33 has very little character development. As a follow to 2.22, we already know that most of these characters... We already know most of these characters. We know who the main characters are. Uh, blah, blah, blah. But these characters have become different people than they were 14 years prior. They needed more development or none at all. So what was saying? They either needed more development or none at all, given what we know. Um, and he says, pick one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then... And then they have the balls to throw in a new character with no development whatsoever in Mari. Uh, they just show us... She just shows up during the action sequences to become a comic foil as Asuka and fetish material to everyone else. <laughs> Which she's kind of like plot in that sense. Basically. Um, whereas in the original series, uh, was mostly entirely character with no little exposition. 
occasionally broken up by giant robot action. 3.33 was exactly the opposite with no character and lots of exposition and robots. I would say a little exposition, actually. Uh, that being said, and then he goes on to kind of what was right, and his main point is mainly he likes, again, the Kaoru and Shinji, or they, I should say they. They like the Kaoru and Shinji development, which is like, eh. And then also the art. The art is great. Yeah. Anyways, it's great. I really like how they did CG in here. They definitely cranked it up a little more compared to the last one, especially with like the initial space scene. Um, but it's not bad. I mean, on the point of like the exposition stuff, like it's not bad to have exposition. It's just right. how you like, you know, how mm. you convey the exposition, and the kind of exposition that they try to give in this movie is not really exposition at all because you're not really getting information that matters within the context of the movie that we're watching. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like when they're talking about like the packed with like the dead sea scrolls and you know the the gate of of uh the gate of guff guff or or whatever like there that yeah like okay like now i know that there's a thing called the gate of guff and now i know that there's a thing called dead sea scrolls that doesn't mean that i know anything about what that is (laughs) right it's not really exposition Uh you know what i mean you can't count you can't tell me that's exposition exposition would be something like hey there's an angel there and it has a core that we need to like destroy and that's the only the way that we can destroy it. That that by destroying the core is the only way we can destroy it. That is exposition because we understand exactly what it is and where we need to do and the steps that we need to take to right. try to do that. And the way that you destroy the angel can be various different ways. And that can be left to the imagination of the audience. But like that's what exposition is. Not like just telling me something about something that I don't even care about right. that doesn't even have any impact in the story, you know? Yeah. And that's why like I feel like the the part about the exposition where he's like, Oh, like, you know, they tell us some expositions and stuff. It's like not really though. Yeah, not really. Not it's, really. It doesn't count if like you, like it happens and then you point it out like it's a fact, but you don't like then, what exposition would be would be explaining like what that is, right? Or, you know what I mean, or right. like where that came from, or something. Well, like you know what happened the past fourteen years, that would be exposition, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Like or you know like how the uh, fourth impact happened, or like yeah. why these spears are like lunged into this thing. That's exposition. You don't talk about <laughs> those stuff. You just talk about these like ambiguous things that yeah. you know might happen or like. Or supposed to happen, or like the conspiracy that that like, you know the fate that you know that Shinji is walking on, and like what Gendo is trying to achieve. Like, mm. it's, it, maybe it it will be exposition when we finally get to that point. But you haven't gone to that point in one, two, or three of the movies, <laughs> so it's technically not exposition in the sense that like we actually get information that's relevant to the movie. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's just like. I like again, it's um, it's a lot said. It's like a lot spoken, but nothing said. Yeah, that's that's one point point he made that yeah really yeah, <laughs> makes like, sense. It's it's really what it mainly is. Um, so he kind of concludes with as an Evangelion movie, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say that it's almost but not quite fucking garbage. <laughs> <laughs> it is the antithesis of everything Neon Genesis stands for from its bland characters, except Kaoru. This guy's this person's a Kaoru fanboy I guess or so. girl fan person uh to its 
first baby's mind fuck approach to the fourth impact to its cine waving between Evangelion's open to interpretation plot and an easy to understand plot. And like the thing about open to interpretation thing, right? Right. That's only good when there is a solid concrete foundation for which we can deduce things. Right. For example, like at the end of Inception, when that top is spinning and people are left wondering is, does that mean that, uh, does that mean that the main character is in a dream or not? Right. He's finally in reality. That is a good open-ended, like you know, ending, mm. because we already understand the logic and logic and the, the the world logic, and right. we can deduce something from that, right? Mm. And that we can debate over that. That's why it makes it a good, like, open-ended, you know, film, open-ended question to the film and to the themes of the film. Yeah. Whereas in this movie. What is open? Everything is open-ended. <laughs> and, like, there's no nothing foundational that we can rely upon to deduce certain things yeah. about the movie and about the um, things going on in the movie. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's, like, like the thing... Like, what are what are the things that we need? We want to care about, we want to talk about, we want to, like, um, you know, like, theorize about? There's yeah. really not much, like... like ground like, to pull ground, from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's really not much things to pull from and things to, like... Things we care enough about yeah. to want to like talk about in that way, mm-hmm. like it maybe if we cared more about the characters and like what they did or what like what they're about and like where they're trying to go, and and we can you know use that as the main anchor point for us to discuss these things. But like that's not even there in this movie, so like that's gone. Well, like even if it was there. It has no effect on the like again the world building part of it. Yeah, I like, know, but I'm just saying like yeah, even yeah. that's not there, <laughs> right? Like so it's like it's, <laughs> it's like, like what can we even like hold on to to you know, try to like do that, right? Let it go. <laughs> Can't grab onto anything. Yeah. What are some of your expectations with this finale, huh? Uh, what do you think in here? To be honest, my uh, <laughs> optimism is waning. <laughs> Three movies in, Lee. Where are my we at? Optimism is waning. The height of my optimism was two, <laughs> three, just like just plummeted down <laughs> my optimism. And now it's struggling to uh, crawl back up to the surface. Uh, is there any hope left? Any hope you know, left? to be, you know, to be fair, mm. I think the world of Ava is very interesting. Like, I, I like the general like world. Like, it's it's weird because like. They've not explained a lot of things, but it's still cool. It's like still a cool world, and the way that like they show, like way that they visualize a lot of the things and and the different, like like Tokyo Three for example, and how that like if they fleshed that out more and kind of showed us what the world really is about, I think it would be really cool. And like you know, like the Avas and stuff like that, and just generally, I think it's a pretty appealing world and i can i can see why why people like this right. aesthetic and and movie or like or the series in general but i think it, it's themes and the things that they're trying to do to be honest like really does a disservice to the world <laughs> itself <laughs> like, i think it would it would be sure. much better if they were able like or if they were just to like be able to flesh out a really like strong story within the world mm. it would help a lot yeah. you know what it needs it's 
something conventional. <laughs> kind like kind of yeah, but like like it's not like I'm saying like get rid of all the thematic stuff that they right, have. Right, right, right. I think those yeah. are valid, but I think like if you can kind of like use a few of them and really f- like hone in on them mm-hmm. and utilize that as a a like a jump off point maybe for a story or something. You right. Know? Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, you kind of touched on. I think I share too. Like, I think that's why people are so attracted. Like, the lore is interesting. Like, it's there's yeah, there's the some interesting stuff. Like the Avas, the angels, right. and the way that they're like talking about those things aren't necessarily bad. Yeah, it's just when you're going off the edge too much and just like saying these things that have no relevance to what the audience is mm-hmm. looking at. Yeah, right. That's when like you there's the disconnect where like yeah. it's like, do I care about that? No. Like, do I care about this? Yes. Mm. And then there's no connection between that thing. When you're right. always talking about this other thing that I have no idea what it's about. So I have no, obviously, I can't make an emotional connection there. Uh-huh. So it's like, I'm not going to be able to, <laughs> like, care about that. Yeah. And so, like, if you made something in a way that I can care about those things or just brought it back to what I already care about, mm. then it'll make the story, like, and the world more, you know. Yeah. approachable you know what Arno pretty much stole my line and he said you know what we think about your feelings I don't care we don't care <laughs> did he really say that <laughs> I don't care no but like it's kind of what he going is I guess you know? so to all of his fans he's like I know you like the Avas those are cool Tokyo 3 is kind of cool you know angels the fighting like all that stuff the spears oh that's kind of cool but you know what I don't care about you <laughs> my opinion is what matters okay I'm going to shove my feelings <laughs> into your throat because I was depressed. <laughs> and I think the world is a bad place and people suck. I mean, there's a lot of uh, movies where, you know, their theme is the world is a bad place, but the <laughs> movie is still good. <laughs> <laughs> Shots. Bow, bow, bow. Right back at you, Ano. The story still doesn't <laughs> suck, you know? like <laughs> Right back at you, Ano. I know you think Asuka's like badass, but I don't care about your feelings. No. We get it. We understand. But yeah, so should be an interesting finale, you know. Um, they did Asuka a disservice in this movie. They did. The eye patch is cool, <laughs> right. but like, and her fights, like everything that she was in was great at the same time. Like I thought. But it was good, but, but it wasn't like. As a character. It's like, yeah, her there, character nothing was nothing to like right. care about. Right. Like write, about, write out about. We don't even know why she's mad at Shinji. Like, yeah. you know, even to that extent of why do you have this? Like, fundamentally, okay, he caused the end of the world. Like, he's the he's the the block reason why you the world is. Trying to save your life, man. But, right like, at the why same, are you <laughs> right at the same time. We're on good terms at the end of the thing. On a personal level, yeah. why do you hate him? And you kind of had a thing for him too. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> it's weird. Fourteen years, man. A lot of time to move past. I guess so. <laughs> Not with that fourteen-year-old body. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, so three point plus one point Next week, uh, ready to wrap it up. Let's see what happens. Hopefully, my disappointment doesn't go further down the hole. I'll reserve any and all feelings and opinions <laughs> until then. So we'll see you then. Peace. Bye.